0: Please stand for the reading of God's Word. The scripture today is First um, Thessalonians chapter one through chapter two, verse eight, which is found on page nine eighty six of the pew Bible, or behind that, behind me, or, and then after that, Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. So, First Thessalonians chapter one. Paul Sylvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of, our, of the Lord. For you received the word with much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you is not in vain. For though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had Nor do we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. And then Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. seasoned with salt so that you may know how to you ought to answer each person. This is the word of God. Good morning. My name is Caroline Bauer. I serve on the missions board and it is my privilege to introduce today's pastor, Chris Swanson who has been serving with CREW for many years, and he has also been um, supported by this church for several years. Uh, Chris and his wife Kim, Clara and Emma, um, they work um, together um, primarily with, with college students throughout the greater Boston area, primarily with MIT students. Please welcome Chris Swanson.
1: Right: uh, well, thank you for the introduction, and uh, you know, I thought about starting well, you know how missionaries come and they dress in typical attire, maybe they're from some country. I thought about coming in traditional collegiate attire, but you know, I figured like a hoodie and jeans may not be so appropriate for the pulpit, but you know may, maybe you can put that picture on me. I, I don't know, but uh, that's one thing that's nice about my job. I don't have to dress up every day. I just kind of casually go. I, I do i't don't, don't wear my pajamas though to work, so there are probably some college students that that show up in pajamas still so but but uh, before I get going, I just want to say uh, just a word of thanks to everyone here we've been i 've been here for i guess twelve twelve years yeah, uh, Kim was here before that um, but we got married, met long distance I came here, got married right here <laughs> 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 like right there i think and uh um you know this 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 church has been a, a gracious part of our lives in many ways, and the support to to allow us to do what we do uh, it's it 's just amazing i mean there 's people literally coast to coast that that partner with us so that we can be on campus and this you guys are a huge part of that so i, I just just a heartfelt thanks to you guys uh, uh, it 's huge for us so uh, it 's amazing really that that uh that we can live here and and do this and see 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 God's provision uh, to let us do this full time. So it's a joy uh, to be here with you guys today. I, I I hope that what what words I may share uh, will just be an encouragement to you, and just just help help me too take take further steps of faith as it as it involves uh, helping people know Jesus. Uh, just a few questions, maybe to, to, before I start. Uh, just you know, how, how many of you? No no hands raising here. Just I'm just throwing these out here, but. Now, how many uh, how many of the people you know reject Jesus uh, because because they truly truly understand him or understand the gospel? Uh, I'm guessing that number might be small. There might be a few people. There are people that, that really get it and like nope. I just I don't want that. <laughs> um, but how, how many people reject Jesus or the gospel because what they think they know about him yeah, or what they think the gospel is? Or, or, or they reject it because they have some skewed vision uh, or version of the gospel in their mind. I think that number is probably a lot higher uh, of, of why people actually reject Jesus. Uh, how many people do you, that you know, how many do they reject the gospel because they simply find it totally unbelievable or even implausible? That's a whole other whole set of reasons why people might, might be, be, uh, not believe it, you know, either because of their current worldview or, 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 or their own religious beliefs. Um, that's the world we live in, and it, and it can cause this sense of frustration as it relates to I, how do we how do we declare His glory? I think that's that's our theme, right? How do we declare His glory when we fate, are faced with the, these these challenges? Um, sometimes when I present the gospel to someone on campus, and, and maybe you, you've experienced this too, you, I shared I, I, I it really clearly. Gosh, that was the best job I've ever done. And I, you still maybe get this deer and the headlights glaze like. And 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 that's more and more uh, what we face because I think a lot of the the, the underlying plausibility structures that that maybe were in our culture 50 years ago, and I'm I'm just speaking of maybe the U.S. here, other countries and places, it's it's different. So I'm speaking more of this this cultural context that that we're in here. Those, those, Those ideas or maybe narratives that were there before are gone. That, that would make the gospel make sense they 're just gone, and so we 're almost having to reweave kind of those those narratives to make the gospel even make sense so our our job as declaring the glory of God of, of sharing the gospel is challenging today for for many many reasons um, and i 'm sure we, we can we can feel that um, so what steps can we take and my, my hope just looking at, I picked these scriptures for a couple reasons. My hope is to to look at least one little piece of it. There's probably lots of things, but but one one piece uh, that had been coming to mind as I was thinking about what to share is is this theme of like the posture of our witness. Maybe not so much like what we say or or, or the need to go say it or the need, you know, I'm not going to focus on the the urgency to bring the gospel to people, although it's urgent. I'm not going to focus on uh, why we need to share the gospel? I think I, I think a lot of us here kind of get why we need to do it, but I, but I think sometimes we don't think about how we do it, and sometimes we're not good at how we do it. If we're honest, uh, our posture is bad. And what I mean by posture is like our our demeanor, our our attitude, our approach. Um, not so much methods, but really just what's what's in in our hearts and minds uh, as as we approach people. Our um, our our speech, how we how we speak. Um, so so that, that's what I'm getting at when, I, when I'm talking about what is the posture uh, of our witness. And specifically, how is our posture towards God? Because I think it start, a good witness starts with our posture, how do we relate to God? It starts with our posture towards the message itself, the gospel. And, and it's our posture towards people and other people and, and, and how we then communicate this message. Um, you know, whether it's, it's in our neighborhood, our classes, at school, the co- our co-workers, uh, whoever it may be, family members, um, I want us to consider the posture uh, of our witness. And I've seen how important that is personally uh, as I've interacted with neighbors or, or students on campus. And I think it's, it's done a couple of things. It's actually helped me, as I've really thought through what's a biblical view, or what, 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 what guidelines do we see from Scripture for a good posture, it actually frees me up to be a better witness because I put less pressure on myself too. And, and I can just be free... to to share the gospel uh, and and what God's done in my life. Um, But before I just jump in, let me just pray again for a moment. Father, uh, thanks for your word. Thanks for this picture in your word. uh, Just an amazing story of of you transforming a a people. Uh, I pray, God, that you would uh, speak through me now, speak through your word, uh, and encourage us, challenge us to be uh, your witnesses uh, to the world around us. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, how is our posture? What what's in, in starting with our posture towards God? Uh, that's the first thing I just want to look at. And as I look at the text, and I that that, that First Thessalonians test, uh, text was uh, it's, a, it's a passage I often take students to a lot. I love it for a lot of reasons, and I can't walk through every aspect of the text of the time we have uh, here, but. I love it just because it gives this, this this amazing picture of of a transformed city. I mean, I don't know if the whole city was transformed, at least this, this group of people, whoever Paul was writing to. I don't, I don't, we don't know how many people it was. Uh, but we see the Holy Spirit coming with deep conviction. We see people turning from idols. Uh, we see people living by faith in the finished work of Jesus. We see them laboring in love, being willing to sacrifice. I'm guessing that's maybe what Paul saw in them. He saw the hope that they had. Uh, of, the, of, the, of, of Jesus to come again that, that would allow them to persevere in their own struggles and suffering. Uh, but it was this transformation. And it, and, it, and it was ringing out. If you caught, caught that in there, it sounded forth to the, to the surrounding regions and to other cities. And so it's this beautiful picture of what we want to see, right? Like, God, would you bring the gospel here in our cities, in our towns, in our neighborhoods, so that it would go, it would penetrate, and it would, and it would ring out uh, to, to others, to the globe, to the nations. Uh, and that was happening there. And I think, well, it's still happening today, by the way. <laughs> it still is. Uh, but I, I love the picture that that, it's, that, it, that, it's, uh, that, that passage brings. And, and I think as we were challenged last week uh, in the sermon was, you know, is our vision too small sometimes? And I think it is. And I think this paints a picture of a big vision, of, of a God that, that uh, can, can do more than we can ask or imagine, beyond our wildest imaginations. And so what was the posture that Paul and Silas had had towards God? Um, maybe we don't see it directly in there, but I think we see it maybe indirectly a little bit. I think if, if we know it, look at the full context of the story, if you went back to Acts 17, you would see they show up there, and like many places, they show up in the book of Acts. They're, you know, some, Someone's ready to drag them out of the, on the streets and, and, and kick them out of town, and that's what happened there. They kind of ran them out of town, but, but the seed of the gospel took root. Um, but, but they went because I think they, had, they were willing to risk a lot uh, of opposition because of their confidence in God, because of their view towards God, their, their approach towards God and their witness. They had confidence that he would move as they stepped out in faith. Uh, they had confidence that their significance, even in the, you know, who they were, their sense of worth, was wrapped up in him alone, not, not what these people would think of them, how they would treat them. Their confidence was just solely in that their names were written in the book of life. Uh, and that, I think that was a challenge Jesus gave to his disciples. Rejoice not that you saw these great things happen, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Uh, that, that, was, that was what Jesus had said when, they, when he sent his, peop, his disciples out on mission, and then they came back. But, but Paul and Silas, they were fixated upon these things, on ultimate things. And I think that's true for us. As we approach being his witnesses, what, how, do, how is our posture towards God? Is it, is it focused around the purposes of God? In his grand purpose, the, the glory to the nations, his glory, manifesting his, his amazingness to the world. Is it, is it focused on the plan of God, his great commission to, to make disciples? Uh, is, it, is, it, is our posture focused on the, on the passion of God, his com, compassion even, his love for the lost, his love for people, just to, to shower them with grace and mercy uh, and bring that to people everywhere? Is it focused on the power of God that, that he, through his Holy Spirit, uh, dwells in us, and that power uh, will, will go out through us as we speak? Is, is that our focus? Do we have this kind of confidence? I guess that's the question I ask myself. Um, and do we believe what the Bible says? Because it, it, we see, in, and I believe it's in Romans, right, that, that, that the power of the Spirit, the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in us. If we just sit on that for a minute, that's kind of crazy. What does that even mean? I don't know if I know what that really, really means. I mean, we say it, right? But what the heck does that really, really mean? That the power of the, the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me? And how might that affect our witness? How might that affect how we well, do everything <laughs> as a Christian, for that matter? Um, but it's something to, to, to get our heads around, I think, um, so so when our evangelism is not centered on God, when, it, when our posture is not really on him and, and our posture is not set well around who God really is, here might be some of the effects when, it, when it's not this way. I thought of some of these, but um, our identity and worth might get wrapped up in how people respond to us as opposed to simply rejoicing, like I said before, that our name is written in the book of life. Therefore, we become angry or resentful uh, or maybe even depressed. Maybe some of you have felt that uh, when you've tried to, to, to help others know Christ. You, you just get angry, like, why can't they get this? I, or I'm just resentful towards, towards why they're so opposed to this. And I don't think that's a good posture, because that's, that's not how God would call us. To, and, it's, it, it's, and it's focused on ourselves. Um, it, might look this, it might look message-centered. It, we might focus so much on just getting the message out there that, that we aren't really concerned about what the people think, what they, what, what they feel. How maybe they've been hurt. So it just kind of becomes mechanical, pretty, pretty heart, uh, you know, not heartfelt, uh, not, not full of compassion. Or we don't listen well, uh, that will lead to that. We just become pushy and, and maybe focused on non essentials. I think Christians, we can be good at that. We, we, we come over here and focus on these non essential things as opposed to just the, the core stuff that we need to focus on. Um, we, we just don't experience God's power. Uh, there's pressure, maybe to deceive, to, pressure to achieve a certain result from the conversation. Okay, I, this, is, this is the goal. I've got to get to this point. And so we push for that. Or we're just plain old self-centered and, and fear takes over and insecurity and, or shame. Um, and we compare ourselves to other other Christians who, who can do it better, who can share their faith better than I can. I can't speak like that. I can't say that. So we start comparing ourselves. But all these are wrong views of God, wrong Wrong, having a wrong posture towards God and, it, and when we're not God-centered in our evangelism. I think these, this is what our evangelism might look like in, in the world and to our friends around us. And it's just a good reminder that we, just, we, need, we actually need the gospel to share the gospel. Like, and you know, first, for whatever reason, God has chosen us to, to declare his good news despite our weaknesses, despite our insecurities, despite our failings, and, and our sinfulness, too. And we, but, it, but it's just a good reminder that we need that gospel just as much as the people that we might be sharing it with. And so we're no greater than, than a person because we have received Christ. And I think that's what's beautiful about the gospel. It doesn't make us more moral than the next person necessarily, but it may, hopefully it makes us humble. And it says, hey, uh, I was once blind, but now I see. I don't, I don't know who you, if all these things are what's going on, but I, but I see. And i got to tell you, that's the posture I'd want for myself and hope for us, too, as a church. How about our posture towards the message? Uh, In the text, we see a confidence in not only God himself, but also in the very message, the gospel, um, that that, that was being proclaimed. And I think this is something that, that we need to consider as well. Uh, What is our posture? What is our attitude when we think of the gospel itself? Do we see the gospel for what it actually is? And, you know, I think we probably know this. What does the word gospel mean? It means good news, right? Uh, And I think Jesus was actually pretty intentional when he chose that word to describe his message. Uh, I don't know if he was thinking intentionally about it, but it, it seems like he might have been pretty intentional to choose that word. It's good news, he didn't go around saying, "I got some great, great advice for y'all." Um, if he was in Texas, he might say that, I guess, <laughs> y'all. Um, but but he didn't go around saying that. He he was proclaiming good news, and I, and I think that's something we need to remember. What what is our posture towards towards the the gospel message itself? Is it just good advice? Is it a nice idea that we have, as um, uh, Christians, or is it just a good philosophy, a nice way of life, some moral ethical code to follow? Just another list on the list of religious options to choose from? Or is it something entirely different? Is it good news? And I think it is good news. You know, something has happened in the course of human history that has changed everything. Everything. It's cosmic and it's personal, but it's changed everything. Something historic, something that has shattered Everything we know—it's history-shaking—has uh, come. That's what we proclaim. That's the message. And I think we forget it sometimes because we get caught up in maybe how the world wants to throw the gospel over here in this category of, well, that's fine for you and your religious beliefs. You know, but just keep it over here in that kind of category of things. You know, don't, don't, don't tell everybody about it. Uh, but I, I say this, and I say this often to our students: if it's, if it's. If it's not good news for everyone, it's good news for no one. And I, it's, it's, I think it's a black or white thing. It's, it's, it's good news for everyone or it's good news for no one. So if it's not good news for everyone, we should pack up, shop, go somewhere else, play golf on Sunday mornings. Uh, whatever else we need to do, uh, we're wasting our time here. But if it's good news for everyone, then we've got to get out of ourselves and, and figure out what it looks like to help others know that good news no matter what it might cost us, uh, no matter how challenging it might be, because it is challenging. And by the way, if, if, you're not, if you're here and you're not a Christian, and you're like, wow, yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm pretty opposed to this whole evangelism idea myself, I, I hear you. Um, uh, I might just ask, be patient with Christians, <laughs> uh, because uh, they're not perfect, we're not perfect. Um, but, but at least know, like, when it's done well, Know that it comes from a good, a good heartfelt motive of love for people to know this good news. And that's what's really trying to drive us to, to be on mission throughout the globe. Uh, it's, it, it's coming from a heart, when done well, and, and by, by all means, it's been done poorly many places over many generations, but when it's done well, it it's comes from a great heart to love others. Uh, but do, again, but do we believe this gospel is good news? Is it still good news, good news today? And, and as I alluded to before, I think that's that is the challenge we do face, at least in our contemporary American culture, because we're day in and day out, even more so now than just even 40, maybe 20 years ago, uh, we're, we're being told it's bad news, actually. It's not just, like, tolerable. Like, it used to be the gospel and Christianity was like, okay, that's, that's oh, what, all right, well, we'll, we'll just tolerate that. It's kind of a nuisance, but now it's, it's like, to even think of evangelism, it's more of a secular sin, if you will. It's bad. It's very, very bad. And Christianity—if you—if you are a committed Christian and live, trying to live that—that's a bad thing for society. That's what—I I don't know if you feel that, but I feel it. Uh, but it's so. I, we could probably spend the whole time talking about that. We don't have time. But there's good books on that, I think, out there that that are really addressing that. But it, but it's something we, we have to, I think, learn how to to respond to well in a, in a gracious way. Uh, but but that's that but that's what we that's what we're stepping into. But I want to encourage us: the gospel is not bad news; it's it's good news. But it just might mean how it just might mean that we have to think in more nuanced ways of how how to show that good news in ways we haven't thought about before. Things and I think it's going to be good; it's good for us because it really makes us wrestle with what is this gospel? Is it rich? Is it thick enough to take on these challenges? And it is; it really is. Um, but I, so, yeah, I'm gonna skip that part. <laughs> but so, how about our posture towards people, and and communi- communicating the good news? So we talked about our posture towards God. You know, do we have this confidence in God? What was our posture towards the message itself? Do we see that it is good news, uh, even when the world is telling us it's bad news? Can we can we see that it is truly good news? Well, let's get to some of the practical. And I, I'm more of a practical guy when it comes to, I th- you know, thinking about these things. We can talk at the inspiration level all day long, but like, okay, how do we? What do we do? What are some things to do to actually talk to people well, uh, to communicate the gospel well? And I think again, this this is fueled by the right having the right posture posture towards people, and the posture towards how we actually communicate the message. I think one thing it starts with is how do we just see our mission? This might relate a little bit back to the first point of how do we see God in our posture towards God, but how do we see our mission? What comes to your mind when you think about actually doing evangelism, actually talking to your neighbor next door, actually talking to your classmate at school, actually talking to your family member, whoever it may be? uh, What comes to your mind? What's the picture in your mind of of that actual interaction? Is it, well, that's going to be a really hard, awkward conversation. Uh, I might look like a fool. I'm going to end the conversation feeling very discouraged and not wanting to ever do this again. Is that our mindset? Well, if it is, yeah. uh, Who wants to do that? (laughs) I mean, don't sign me up for that, right? Like... uh, um, maybe some of those things happen, but I think if that's our mindset, it, like, we're, I don't think that's going to motivate us long enough to, to like, oh, I'll just stick it out, you know, because I'm looking forward to the, the hard, awkward conversations. I, I don't know if that's going to motivate us too long. You know, is evangelism just about getting more church attendance? Is it about just about getting, is our mindset, is it just about getting some people to agree with us and our point of view? Uh, is it a debate? Are we more concerned with this getting our position across than, than actually having the right posture with that person in that moment? Or is our mindset, is it bigger? Uh, do we see ourselves as being involved in reweaving the fabric of humanity? That's a bigger vision. That's a, that's a better picture in my mind. Okay, I'm, I'm entering this conversation because I want to help be a part of reweaving the very fabric of 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 the human existence what does it mean to be human cuz when we present the gospel to people we're we're getting at that what does it truly mean to be human what is what is what is what is it what is god trying to do he's bringing it, he's birthing a new humanity in all the nations his church we call it the church but what is it? it it's it's a new it's being people that are born again a new humanity to to restore a broken world uh, do we see ourselves as being sent by God his sent ones to be a part of his rescue mission that changes when i have that posture and that in that that mindset in my head that changes how i see people and and how i'm willing to engage in the hard awkward conversations that i might have um, do we do we see our, our our friends and neighbors just as targets or as, or as people who share the same human journey that we do. You know, the same hurts, the same pains, the same questions, the same dreams, the same hopes for their kids as probably we have for our kids. Whatever it may be, is that, do we have that approach or are they just kind of just targets to reach? But I think when we have that, that shared humanity vision, I don't know what to call it, <laughs> with them, that they're people just like us, uh, our job then is simply just to come alongside them and journey with them and, and point them to Jesus. And that, to me, that takes the pressure off. Uh, there's a, a, a mindset that I often use, and if you've been to like, some different evangelism classes that I've helped with here, I might have, you might have heard me say this, but I call it, oh, I don't call it, someone else called it this, but like having a co-journer mindset that, uh, that we are just here as co-journers with people. Everybody's on a spiritual journey, going somewhere, whether they know it or not, and our job is simply just to come alongside them to, and to journey with them uh, and we aren't trying to talk at them, but with them. They're right next to us, as a fellow human being, uh, made in the image of God, made beautifully in the image of God. Even if they're at a polar opposite of the spectrum of what we think and believe about you—you know, you name it out out there. Uh, but 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 we just get to join in the, in with them on journey on a journey of life and of a spiritual journey and point them to Jesus. Uh, that I think if that mindset is in our, in our minds, it uh, it it might help us do it well, <laughs> I guess, or do it. Uh, um, I, well, I'd say like this: if it's not, if that's not in our mind, I'm not sure that we'll even do it at all, uh, unless we see people in this way. So, and another question, probably along this way too, is is just thinking through okay, what what are the barriers that that keep me from doing this altogether. Uh, it could be I just don't know what to say. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to engage in this at all. I need some training. I don't have time. I'm too busy. Um, for people, uh, we we live in a busy society, or maybe we just don't have relationships at all with any non-Christians. No, that, that's a good question for us to ask. Or or, or fear, and I think that these are the bigger reasons why. What it comes down to is fear. Fear of people. Uh, fear of of what they will. F- say or think, fear of being rejected, fear of, of of ruining a friendship, maybe. But the root of all these fear barriers is, is really a God problem. And I'm skipping back to point <laughs> my, my earlier point. It really is a God problem. We're, we're really afraid, I think, that God won't show up uh, in these situations. Is he big enough to overcome what could be an awkward relationship, a strain in the relationship? Is he big enough to do that. Will he come through uh, even if I feel like I might be offending someone and, and, and awaken blind eyes in, in that moment? Who knows? But I, but I think our fears are really a God problem and we need to wrestle with that uh, fear of light, that he won't show up. So if we were to look back at the text, this is specifically like the Colossians 4 text and, 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 and the end of the first the Thessalonians text we would see uh, Paul's exhortations to to pray and to be watchful and pray for open doors. And he's asking for prayers for himself in this in this context. But I think we can, I think it's fair to say that these are sa- the same kind of prayers we could pray for one another. And uh, I would ask for them for sure. Uh, but but he says to continue steadfastly in prayer, to be to be watchful. Um, that's an interesting phrase. To, to have our eyes, our ears, our open. Being watchful, mindful of what's going on so we can pray. Pray that I would speak it clearly as I ought to. Pray pray that I would speak it uh, uh, with clarity and I think that's something to think about for us today. Can we speak the gospel clearly in our cultural context that we walk in? Uh, Walk in wisdom. What does that mean? Let your conversation always be full of grace uh, yet seasoned with salt. I love that picture gracious, yet seasoned with salt. And I'll come back to that in a moment. So that you will know how to answer everyone, how you ought to answer everyone. And at the end of 1 Thessalonians, and I, this, is a, this is a verse I often share with on campus a lot, because I, I, I love how he ends this little, you know, this picture of God working. And he says, so, uh, and I'm used to what, how the, I think the NIV words it, um, because we loved you so much, uh, we dare not only share the gospel of God with you, but our very lives with you because you had become so dear to us. And in there, you just see the, the intimacy that Paul and Silas had for these people. Uh, that They shared not only the gospel with them, but their lives. They got in there. They were with them because they had become so dear. And I think that posture towards people, sometimes that's a hard one to have. Um, if a person feels like an enemy, can they feel dear to us? That's challenging. If they don't agree with our political persuasions, can they... Can they, feel, can they be dear to us? I hope they can. I think they can. First um, Peter 3.15 also says, Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do so with gentleness and respect. And I think the, these are just important postures. Sometimes as Christians, we're just not uh, good at having some of these postures. Or we need to, even if we are good at it, we probably still need to apologize for the many times that many people have blown it throughout the generations of Christians that have been around. So that, that's a good thing, by the way. That's a, that's a freebie. You know, apologize for how, how we've done a bad job as Christians so often. Uh, so if we were to try to live these things out, what, it might, what, what might it look like? You know, to walk in wisdom, I think simply it just might mean that we focus a little less on saying the right things and more about be, becoming a people who incarnate the gospel. And speak of it freely, because our hearts and minds have been so captivated by it. Uh, becoming a people of wisdom and compassion is, is I think, the prerequisite for, for any evangelistic tec- technique, so to speak. Um, we have to stop thinking it's us versus them. You know When someone says something that you disagree with, you know, is your first inclination to, to combat it, to correct it, to argue it, to roll our eyes? Or maybe the other end of the spectrum, is it just to be totally indifferent and not care? I think our response is probably somewhere in the middle there, I hope. Uh, because we should, shouldn't be totally indifferent, but I think we can be wise and, and really seek to understand. I think that's the practical side. Can we seek well to understand where people are coming from? Ask questions, draw them out, but do so with gentleness and respect. I think that's wisdom. And how, and how we speak to be, to, to be gracious. I think, what, does that, what might that look like? I think it's sometimes as simple as the tone of our voice. Uh... The posture of our body, maybe, to show, are we listening? Do we actually know what their concerns are, what, what their issues are, what their objections are? Maybe even affirming those objections. Not, not necessarily agreeing, agreeing with them, but affirming them and say, that's a, you know, that's fair. I understand that. I had that same objection. I, you know, I still have trouble with that. Like, I think we can affirm and see the reasonableness to some objections. Maybe not all, but, but I think that can go a long ways in showing graciousness and respect. Uh, towards people. Um, it, might mean take, it might mean taking a genuine interest in, in the passions of others, even if those interests are different than ours, and dare I say, maybe even interest or things that we are opposed to. Wow, I don't know what that looks like. I just said that, but I don't know what that looks like. But it might just like, hey, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Because there's probably something in there, even if you're like somehow opposed to what it is, there's probably uh, something in there that you find common ground over. There probably is some, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe not in everything, but, but I think, I think we, we, if we look hard enough, we can find where there's common ground. And I think that's a big piece of, of, of how in a practical way we can engage well in, 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 with, with people, is finding that common ground where we do share a similar value but maybe come out with different ways of solving that problem, so to speak. What, this is a, just a quick story from campus. One 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 of the ways we're doing it at MIT right now is is trying to take the, the common issue of justice and doing this series called Jesus and Justice, and hopefully trying to bring together people over a conversations or a conversation around justice where there's a shared issue and seeing got you know issues of justice tackled. And we're looking at the issue of human tra- human trafficking, and, and wrestling through that and what's going on in the world and between Christians and non Christians. There's a shared passion to to deal with that we might have different pathways of how to to tackle it but some of the pathway are the, are the pathways are the same of just getting in there and and, and serving and helping and, and doing things that could change this but there's a shared there's a shared common ground there and and through this through this series we're doing we're going to you know weave in okay how, how does jesus speak into this and, and how does he how how is he relevant to this too and so uh we're excited to see see what what might happen through that so, where are we here? I don't <clears throat> uh, Gentiless respect, uh, our posture towards people. Uh, other, other things that might look like is, is simply just being fascinated with, 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 with people. Genuinely curious. Like I said, find out what they're passionate about. Find out what they're interested. Listen. Ask good questions. Uh, ask permission to, to share the gospel even with people. That, that might be a way to, to not put the pressure on the moment with people. Uh, but but say, hey, could I could I? You know, I'm really it's so interesting what you've been sharing here. But sometime could I could I just share with you what I what I what I've found helpful um, as I've tried to wrestle with this issue. Uh, whether it could just be parenting, it could be a marriage you know, question. You know, we, we have challenges in marriages and and you know challenges at school. But hey, can I share with you how how my faith has helped me think through that and wrestle through that? Maybe making that part of our our. Our our conversations with people. Uh, maybe we need to help stir up people's imaginations more. Uh, wonder with them. I wonder. You know. Do you think it's possible that that there could be a God that would would allow this suffering to happen in the world? Could you imagine there might be reasons why he he might want might not, You know. He, there might be reasons to it that we can't understand or. Um, Sometimes when we have this posture of, of just kind of wondering or saying, do you think it's possible? It's, it's less threatening than a direct statement right to them. So th- these are just little things. I could say a lot, a lot more about just kind of some of the practicals, but I think a lot of it is, again, just stems from the posture we have towards people, listening to them well, asking good questions towards them, uh, and, and make, just making it a normal part of, part of daily dialogue. I think a couple other practical things, and and this maybe is less about the posture, but it's just being good at communicating God's story, the gospel itself, in ways that you know. Maybe it's starting at places where people are actually at, as opposed to where we think they're at. There's different cultural backgrounds and contexts that, for some, you might start here, and some you might start here, and some you might start here. It used to be you could always just start here, (laughs) you know. A you know, crew is good at having a nice four point outline. God loves you has a wonderful plan for your life man is sinful. <laughs> you need Jesus, and you need to respond sometimes you can 't start with that four point outline you've got to start somewhere way back here uh, to 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 deal with other questions that are there and and we might have to think through that um, more more in t- uh, intentionally so I guess in closing I, my encouragement to us is 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 these things, to have the right posture towards God, have a kingdom vision. How do we think about God? Um, Do we think about him well and rightly as we approach evangelism? What is our posture towards the message itself? Is it good news or just good advice? And what's our posture towards people in in communicating the message? Are we willing to step out there? Do Do we know our story well enough too? sometimes uh, our, our, the story that God is doing in our life is pretty important to think about. And I think, uh, I think it was pr- this is just a, a, a resource for you. I, I, I found it really helpful. I think they're out there somewhere if you want one. But it's just a, a copy of how, how to think through your story. And how, how would you, how, what would you say if you had 10 seconds with someone about how God has trans, you know, moved you from here to here? What was your life before Christ? What was it like after? What if you just had like a couple minutes to to share that with someone? Do you you have something in your mind of what you would say? Uh, If if you're not sure, okay, I don't know if I've really thought through that. I've got a 50-minute version. Well, people don't have time for 50 minutes, uh, but you have a 10-second, a three-minute version of that, and there's a sheet out there. Just ask a bunch of questions to help you just walk through that, think through what you might say in a a clear, concise way, but I think people need to know our stories, and we need to be able to say them well uh, and authentically, not packaged, but, but authentically, but that comes through, through just thinking through it ourselves. Um, I love this, this state statement, too, that uh, successful evangelism is just faithful evangelism. It's taking, it's taking a step of faith and trusting God with the, the results. And so I, as, we, as we go from here in this missions week, I hope that yeah, we have this vision of God in, in, in the world and taking the, the gospel to the nations. Uh, but let's bring it here, too, because the nations are here. And our neighbors are here, too. Uh, let's let's have some planned involvement. What's let it take to be intentional with people? Uh, and don't do it alone. I think we need each other. Sometimes we're not sure what to say, but you know, this person in my home fellowship might uh, know what to say. I, I'm going to invite them into this conversation too. Uh, who knows what what God will do in our midst um, as we take these steps of faith? And I do want to end with just one fun story that's just encouraging, because uh, I think stories are better to end on, and just to to reassure you that in these challenges that God is working, and uh, as I was preparing, preparing, you know, for this, I almost didn't meet with this student. This just happened Thursday. His name's Uturo, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll cancel and and meet next week because I gotta, I gotta get this sermon put together, right, you know, (laughs) and uh, it's like, no, 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 okay, I'm doing a sermon on evangelism. I probably better go talk to this guy because he actually wants to talk about Jesus. (laughs) He, He filled out a survey and said, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to become a Christian, but I just don't know how. Like, well, I probably should go, I probably should, he's willing to meet, I better do that right now. And so I did, and uh, he's an exchange student from Japan. Uh, just for here for a semester. And he's like, yeah, my, a friend of mine back home in Japan in Tokyo has been talking to me about Christianity. I just, It's interesting, you know, and I, I think I think I'm ready to believe. And these are the rare occasions where someone's in that moment, right? Like, I'm ready to believe. And and we just went through the gospel, and that was great. I had, a, I had a little app. There's actually an app called God Tools. Download it. It's free. Uh, and you can, you can get bilingual. You, know, you can share the gospel. It just uses the uh, four spiritual laws outline. There's a couple different outlines in there, but you can translate it to like hundreds of different languages. And so we were going back and forth between English and Japanese. It was great. And at the end, he's, I said, I, is this a decision you're ready to make? And he's like, yeah, it is. And we prayed together, and it's just cool. God is at work. I mean, that's one of those stories. I've got plenty of other stories where that is not the case and stories where people have walked away from the Lord. But God is faithful in the midst of this. So let me just pray for us. God, thank you that your gospel is good news for us. Uh, It was then. It always has been, always will be good news. Thank you that we can be bearers of this good news. Help us to be faithful witnesses to our world. In Jesus' name, amen.